Here in the physical world, we have places that do things. For example, this post office acts as a hub for people who want to send objects to each other. But if consciousness survives death and there's an afterlife that we all go to, is it just all clouds and fields there? Or are there institutions too? Could there be libraries there that hold some kind of sacred wisdom? Are there universities or something analogous to them? What about think tanks, intelligence gathering operations? Well, we've got reports of not only all of that, but also something called the Wisdom Games and the Ajumandoni Garden. Well, it just so happens that we have a portal into the spiritual world right here. You wanna take a look? Look at this. We're in a building in the spiritual world. It kind of looks like a library. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Curtis. You, you work here? I got a second job here on the side. This is a great place to work. Congratulations. Thanks. Wait, that doesn't mean you're gonna stop working for Off the Left Eye, right? No, no worries. There's no time in the spiritual world, so my work here doesn't cut into the time of my Earth job. That is perfect. Yeah. You know, I was thinking, this place kind of reminds me of a story in Swedenborg's book, True Christianity, number 694. Oh which the two of us are going to act out for you all right now. Oh, are we? Is that right? I mean, sure, that works. Hey, welcome to the afterlife, newcomer. Thanks, angel guide. Wow, I'm surprised that there are all these books here. I mean, are there books in the afterlife? Where do you get the materials? The paper, the binding, the ink? Well, as an earth person, you might think that since the spiritual world isn't physical, it doesn't have things in it. But non-physical doesn't mean empty space or nothingness. In fact, there's a fullness of all things here. The things are substantial instead of physical. That means every physical thing actually originates in a substantial thing here in the afterlife. The things here exist in their perfection. And that includes books and documents. Amazing. We even have people here who love to write the text on the pages. Look in here. These are people making handwritten copies of original documents that were written by wise people from this city. Wow, excellent handwriting. I know, it's pretty cool, huh? Well, that was fun. Yeah. Want to explore other aspects of spiritual libraries Swedenborg encountered? Of course. Great. We'll start with some things Swedenborg described seeing in his Journal of Spiritual Experiences, number 5999. I was admitted into a library where there were a great number of books. I was told there were books there from the ancients, written using correspondences. It was said that they have there very many things from the ancients regarding correspondences and explanations of the word through its inner meaning. Still more deeply within, there were books written for the most ancients, from whom the community called Enoch had collected the correspondences that were afterwards of service to those who were in succeeding churches, which will be called the ancient churches. There was an enormous number who studied the books, and some of them become learned, many intelligent, and others wise. Places, that is to say repositories, for use in libraries for deeper matters, appeared in brighter and brighter light. But these repositories were in a dimmer light to me because I was not capable of penetrating the matters of wisdom that are there, 
And besides, for various reasons, permission to enter is not given those who are taken up with outward things. The places there were divided into many sections according to the propensities of those who studied there. Oh, sorry. Some areas have to be restricted for safety reasons, and you probably wouldn't be able to see the books anyway. You'd have to go through a change of state first. That's okay. I understand. Okay. The innermost rooms of this building are for the most ancient sages, and special arrangements have to be made for people to talk with them. Wow. That sounds like it would make for some really interesting learning. Yeah. And even though there are some areas that are restricted, this is still what we'd call a public spiritual library. There are smaller libraries that aren't public, kind of like branch libraries on Earth. Right but they can still tap into the information here at the public library if they need it. So are libraries the only kind of learning center in the spiritual world? Oh, you know, I have the perfect book for you right here. You should check that out. Awesome, thank yeah. you. Enjoy. Wisdom centers in the spiritual world. Hi, Curtis. Hey, Dr. Jonathan Rose, you have a second job too? Yeah, Chelsea told me how well the spiritual realm job was going for her, so I thought I'd try it too. I chose the position of book narrator. This book describes places that Swedenborg saw in the spiritual world back in the 1700s. Things are evolving and changing in the spiritual world all the time. So these are not representative of all wisdom centers in the afterlife, just certain ones that Swedenborg saw in his travels. The first description is about an initiation center. On one occasion, I saw a strange aerial phenomenon not far from me. I saw a cloud that split into several little clouds, some of which were dark blue and some of which were black. I saw them apparently colliding with each other. Rays or bands of light shone through the clouds. At times, these rays looked sharpened to a point. At other times, they looked blunted like broken swords. At times, the rays came at each other, and at other times they retreated, just as if they were boxing. The little clouds of different colors, then, seemed as if they were doing battle with each other, but in fact they were just playing. Because this strange sight was not far away, I was able to look at the area beneath it, there I discerned teenagers, young adults, and other adults entering a building of white stone above and red stone below. The phenomenon was occurring in the air directly above this building. Swedenborg goes on to say, I addressed one of the people going into the building and asked, what is this place? It is a hall, the person replied, where young adults are initiated into various issues related to wisdom. Swedenborg entered the building and saw an area designed for events that provided exercises for young adults to develop and hone their understanding of truth. There were benches for the audience, a lectern on stage for young adults responding to questions posed for debate, seats at the side for people known for past wise responses, a balcony for elders acting as arbitrators and judges during the event, a platform in the middle of the balcony for the senior professor who would propose the question for debate. After all were gathered, the man on the platform stood up and said, respond now if you would to the following question and resolve it if you can. What is the soul and how do we experience it? 
Wow, so cool that there are these centers to grow and develop and expand the mind, even in the spiritual world, because learning never stops. Let's see what the next chapter is. Five halls in the world of spirits. Swedenborg describes five halls in the world of spirits. These halls in the world of spirits are buildings where educated people meet to discuss various deep questions that serve to develop their knowledge, intelligence, and wisdom. And here's some description of those halls. From far away, I saw five halls. Each one was surrounded with light from heaven. The first hall was surrounded with crimson light, like the light in the clouds just before sunrise on earth. The second hall was surrounded with a yellow light, like the light of the dawn after the sun has come up. The third hall was surrounded with a bright white light, like the light in our world at midday. The fourth hall was surrounded with a half light, as when daylight begins to mix with evening shadows. The fifth hall stood in the shadow of evening itself. On the roads, I saw people on horseback, some in carriages, some walking, and some running and hurrying. The people in a hurry were headed for the first hall, the one surrounded in fiery light. Here's how Swedenborg continues. Upon my seeing all this, a longing to go there and hear what they were discussing took hold of me and urged me in that direction. I quickly got ready and joined the people hurrying to the first hall. I went in with them. Just picture the huge crowd inside. Some of them were heading to the right and some to the left to sit on seats arranged along the walls. Near the front, I saw a low platform. The man who was the chairperson for the event was standing on it with a staff in his hand, a hat on his head, and a coat that was dyed the color of the hall's fiery light. After people had gathered, the chairperson lifted up his voice and said, Friends, today we are discussing what goodwill is. As each of you may know, goodwill is spiritual in essence and earthly in practice. Goodwill. That's a crucial subject to get clear about as you're getting prepared for heaven. And it's so cool to think that you could have a whole forum or symposium just on that topic. Okay, let's check out the next chapter. The Olympic Halls. This one was a gathering place for people in the afterlife who were wondering how the development of wisdom was going on earth. As I returned home from the wisdom games, I saw an angel in a blue robe along the way. He came up and walked alongside me and said, I see that you have just left the wisdom games and you are happy because of what you heard there. I sense that you are not fully in this world though, because you are still in the physical world at the same time. Therefore, you will not be aware of our Olympic halls, where the ancient philosophers gather to determine from people newly arriving from your world, what changes and developments wisdom has gone through and is going through now. If you wish, I will take you to the area where many of the ancient philosophers and their children, meaning followers, live. Reading further, he took me to the border between the south and the east. From some high ground there, I gained a view of where we were going. To my surprise, I saw a city. To one side of it, there were two hills. The hill nearer the city was not as high as the other. He said to me, this city is called New Athens. The smaller hill is New Parnassus, and the larger is New Helicon. 
These are their names because the sages of ancient Greece stay here in the city and around it. Pythagoras, Socrates, Aristippus, Xenophon, and their followers and new recruits. Swedenborg asked about Plato and Aristotle and was told that they lived in a different region because their teachings were more rational and more focused on intellect, and the philosophers here focused more on matters of morality and life. Swedenborg was also told that scholars from New Athens were often sent out to well-educated Christians who had come into the afterlife to find out what people on earth were thinking about God, the creation of the universe, the immortality of the soul, how humans compare with animals, and other topics relating to inner wisdom. Swedenborg's angel companion said to him, Just today a spokesperson announced a gathering and indicated that our delegates had come across some people newly arrived from earth who told them some strange and interesting things. Let's see what happened next. We saw many people coming out of the city and the surrounding areas. Some had laurels on their heads, some were carrying palm fronds in their hands, some were carrying books under their arms, some had pens tucked behind their left ears. We joined in with them and together we all climbed the hill. There, on top of the hill, we came to a magnificent octagonal building which they called the Palladium. We went inside. There, we saw eight hexagonal alcoves. Each alcove contained bookcases and a table. The people who were wearing laurel wreaths were seated at these tables. In the main area of the Palladium, there were carved stone benches. All the other people were seated on these. Continuing the story, a door opened to the left and two people who had recently arrived from Earth were announced, brought in, and greeted. Then one of the people wearing laurel asked them, what are the latest developments on Earth in regard to wisdom? The story goes on to say that the newcomers told them the current views on spiritual topics and the listeners lamented that wisdom about these things had seemed to go backwards. So they shared their views with the newcomers and then thanked them for coming and asked them to share these new ideas with their colleagues. And it's so interesting to me that there are people in the afterlife eager to be updated about the development of spiritual thought on earth. You would think nobody up here would care what's going on down there, but it's all connected enough that it really does matter. You ready for the next chapter? Wisdom games in heaven. Sports and games are a great way to develop skills. In the spiritual realm, they have something called wisdom games. Check this out. Once I had a conversation with two angels, one of whom came from a heaven in the east and the other from a heaven in the south. When these angels realized that I was meditating on secrets of wisdom having to do with love, they said, are you not aware of the wisdom games that take place in our world? Not yet, I said. There are lots of them, they said. They explained that spirits who love truth in a spiritual way gather together on receiving a sign. These spirits then debate issues that require deep understanding and they draw conclusions. The angels took me by the hand, saying to me, Come with us, and you will see and hear. We received the sign that a gathering is happening today. They led me across a large flat area of land to a hill. I was surprised to see here a covered walkway or colonnade formed entirely of living palm trees. It began at the bottom of the hill and continued to the top. We went into it and made our way up the hill. 
At the hill's highest point, a stand of trees came into view. Within this stand of trees, earth had been built up in such a way as to form an arena. In the arena, there was a level area paved with pebbles of different colors. Around the paved part on all four sides, there were chairs set up on which the lovers of wisdom were sitting. At the center of the whole arena, there was a table. On it lay a document sealed with a signet ring. Continuing the story, the people sitting on the chairs invited us to take some unoccupied seats. But I replied, I was brought here by these two angels not to sit, but to watch and to listen. Then the two angels went to the table in the middle of the paved area and broke the seal on the document. To the seated participants, they read what was written in the document, mysteries of wisdom that the crowd was to discuss and unfold. These mysteries had been written by angels of the third heaven and sent down to that table. The three mysteries were, what does it mean to be created in the image and likeness of God? Why are animals born with instincts, but humans are not? What is the meaning of the tree of life, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and the eating of the latter's fruit? Below these points it said, connect these three into a single statement, write it on a new sheet of paper, put it on this table, and we will look at it. If on balance your statement seems well considered and accurate, each of you will be given a prize for your wisdom. So after reading this out loud, the two angels walked away and they were lifted back up into their heavens. So then the people in the chairs launched into this discussion about these mysteries, which sounds like a good way to challenge their minds and engage them to strengthen this desire to learn the heavenly wisdom. Okay, ready for the final chapter? It's called Adromandoni. This is a description of a wisdom center that was not a building, but a garden. A grove of palms and laurels appeared to me in the eastern zone, with the trees planted in rings in the form of spirals. Going over, I entered and walked along paths that curved around through several of the rings, and at the end of the paths, I saw a garden, which formed the heart of the grove. Between the grove and the garden stood a small bridge, having a gate on the grove side and another gate on the garden side. I approached, and a keeper opened the gates. When I asked him what the name of the garden was, he said, Adra Mandoni, which means the delight of conjugal love. Continuing this scene, I went in, and behold, I found olive trees, with vines running and hanging down from one tree to another, and with bushes in flower beneath the trees and between them. In the middle of the garden there was a grassy circle, on which husbands and wives and young men and women were sitting paired off in couples. And at the center of the circle was an elevated piece of ground where a little fountain of water spurted up into the air owing to the force of its stream. When I moved closer to the circle, I saw two angels in purple and scarlet who were speaking with the people sitting on the grass and talking about conjugal love, its origin and its delights. And because this love was the subject of their conversation, the people were listening with eager attention and full receptivity, producing in them a feeling of exaltation as though from the fire of love in the speech of the angels. Well, that's the end of the book, Curtis. Hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. Thanks so much. See you, Jonathan.
Hey, what'd you think? It was awesome. It was interesting, it was entertaining, but I was thinking during it that people on Earth are gonna have a hard time believing that libraries like this or wisdom centers can exist in the afterlife. Yeah. But I'm gonna do what I can to spread the word. Thank you so much for the tour. Hey, you're welcome, and I'll see you back on Earth. See you there. So this is the spiritual world that Swedenborg described. It's organized, it's expansive, it's dynamic. This is a place where problems get solved and people still develop. And that's what he reported 250 years ago. Who knows what kind of cool stuff they've got going on now. Well, I guess eventually we're all gonna see it for ourselves, right? And from other things that Swedenborg learned, we can be connected with people in these spiritual learning centers even while we're still on Earth. But we're gonna explore that more in the next episode. We want the ideas and insights we cover to be available for free to anyone, anytime they need them. That's why we offer Swedenborg's books as free downloads on Swedenborg.com, and we share all the content on our Off the Left Eye YouTube channel with no paywall or ads. The only way to keep this up, though, is for those of you who like what we're doing and feel comfortable giving to give. If the idea of helping others have easy access to the content we produce feels meaningful to you, please consider supporting this cause with a donation. You can go to otle.causevox.com and follow the prompts to give a one-time or recurring donation. We'd be honored to have you become part of our growing community of supporters who help these ideas reach and nourish thousands of people every week around the globe. Give if you can, receive if you need. If we cycle through this way, in the end, everybody wins.